Welcome to the Right Division Network Podcast, a production of Grace Family Bible Church in Buffalo, New York. I'm your host, Pastor Scott Morton. And we'd like to thank you once again for joining us as we study God's Word, Rightly Divided. We'll be continuing today going through our study of the book of 1 Thessalonians, and we are here in chapter number 4, and we've been looking here at verse number 9, which says, But as touching brotherly love, ye need not that I write unto you, for ye yourselves are taught of God to love one another. So as we've been looking at this passage here in chapter number 4, We've been studying verse number 9 and seeing how Paul has been speaking about some things related to love. And we actually had a, you know, we defined what love is according to what the scriptures say. We looked at some things related to the practical sense of things of how the word of God deals with the things of saying, Here's what you should and shouldn't do. And so as we're looking at this, we see how Paul says, where we're going to pick up is where he says, Ye need not that I write unto you. So he's looking at them, looking at the idea of the love that they had and saying that these saints don't need to have anyone explain to them how they're to be demonstrating love towards other individuals. And the reason why the Apostle Paul can say this, and let's turn over to chapter number 1, to where we see Paul actually describe what's going on with them. And when you see how he begins this epistle to them, he says, Paul and Silvanus and Timotheus unto the church of the Thessalonians, which is in God the Father and in the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your work of faith and labor of love and patience of hope, in our Lord Jesus Christ, in the sight of God and our Father. So, as he's beginning to write unto this assembly, he's identifying the fact that they have this love. And he calls it that they had a labor of love. So, by the fact that they were, that they had this, and that Paul, Silas, and Timothy had witnessed this being a part of who they were, and as a result of them living in this manner, this being part of who they are, that Paul can say, you know, that he has seen this labor of love, that he has seen that this is how they are functioning, And this is why he can start to say this issue of, you know, ye need not that I write unto you. That there is not a need 
for him to write unto these individuals and explain unto them that they needed to be demonstrating that love. Now, we see how Paul in his epistles really does you know, make mention multiple times of this idea of having to write unto the various assemblies. And you know, the big part of the reason why he had to write unto these assemblies is that you know, as he's continuing his ministry, he's going around, he's in other places teaching them the information related to this dispensation because Paul knew that his responsibility was to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery. So he was going out preaching the gospel message for today, the fact that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he rose again on the third day according to the scriptures. And the simple fact that someone puts their trust in that gives someone eternal life today. Paul understood that it's God's will that all men be saved and come unto the knowledge of the truth. So once somebody is saved, then they can start to be able to receive the things of the truth of what God's word actually says. And so when he's looking at it, that a big part of thing, if he's in one place, the only way that he could have communicated with other individuals was that he would have to write unto them and when we look at that idea of the writing what we see is that sometimes what he's making a reference to as writing is things that are identified as scripture there are other times that when he's talking about it that he's saying things of that okay this what he's recording and talk about that he wrote them you know some are scripture some are not so when we see for example let's go over to second corinthians chapter number two and we'll see how he's going to make a reference to writing unto these saints at corinth and when you actually read through first and second corinthians you it's very easy to see how that these are not the only two times that he's written unto them. Because he in 1 Corinthians, he makes a reference to something that had been written that you don't, you know, that he wrote unto them. And since that's called 1 Corinthians, we don't have whatever it is that was written unto them. Then in 2 Corinthians, he makes reference to things that were written unto them that we don't find in 1 Corinthians. So, at the very least, what we have as 1 Corinthians is at least the second thing that he wrote unto them. And 2 Corinthians is at least the fourth thing that he's written unto them. So when he says here in 2 Corinthians chapter number 2, and we read, we read here verses 3 and 4, which say, And I wrote this same unto you last when I came, I should have sorrow from them of whom I ought to rejoice, having confidence in you all that my joy is the joy of you all. For out of much affliction and anguish of heart I wrote unto you with many tears, not that ye should be grieved, 
but that ye might know the love which I have more abundantly unto you. So, as you see here, that Paul is writing unto them and talking about how, as they were reading the things that he wrote, that they would be able to see the love that he had for them and that love being demonstrated through what is written. Now, as we're reading this and talking about these things of how there are other things that Paul wrote, you know, you know the very first question that someone's going to have is to say, well, why are they not recorded for us in the Word of God? How do we know that what we have here in Romans through Philemon is actually the information that we need and that we're not missing something. You know, you have individual, you know, there's a book that you can buy called The Lost Books of the Bible. You know, that it's supposed to be the things that, you know, people somehow, you know, quote unquote, forgot to put into the Word of God and that, okay, well, we should have had these other things. You know, even though when you actually look at what's found in those quote-unquote lost books, you see how the things written in them actually contradict what we actually have, proving that they really are not the Word of God. And how individuals, you know, at the time that you know, Paul was alive and writing these things, you know, this was why there was the gift of prophecy. Because the prophets would be able to tell that, okay, what is written, that this is the word of God. And that there would be, should have been easy for them to say, okay, we know, thing we, or we, you know, this is the word of God, or this is not the word of God. The problem that, you know, you see that happens is, you know, even this assembly of Thessalonica struggled with that fact. If you go over to Second Thessalonians chapter number two, you see how Paul makes a reference to something that happened unto them. When you read the first two verses, which says, Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him, that ye be not soon shaken in mind, or be troubled neither by spirit nor by word, nor by letter as from us, is that the day of Christ is at hand. So, the individuals in Thessalonica had a major problem for themselves in the fact that they received something that somebody signed Paul's name to and when they received it they just immediately accepted it as that this is something that Paul wrote and took it as the word of God and it caused confusion for them because it was going against everything else that they had already received so it was you know cre creating a situation where you know they thought that the day of Christ is at hand you know and really what they were thinking is that 
they'd somehow missed the catching out of the Saints based on the fact that they had this thing that was signed allegedly by Paul. And where, you know, it was, well, how could that, you know, someone just a very good forger of things. You know, the reality of what was happening is that for the most part, Paul had individuals who were writing for him. So he would dictate and then somebody else you know, would actually be writing it. Now you have in the book of Galatians, let's go over to Galatians chapter number 6, the one reference to where you can see, and it kind of stands out this way when you read in verse number 11 of Galatians 6, you see how large a letter I have written unto you with mine own hand. So, as Paul's, you know, finishing up this epistle to the assembly in Galatia, you see how he's identifying the fact that he wrote this by his own hand. You know, this is not something that was being dictated because you see that the scriptures clearly indicate the fact that you know Paul was dictating these things and you can see that for example you go to Romans chapter number 16 where you get this example to show how Paul had a scribe there with him in Romans 16 verse 22 where it says I Tertius who wrote this epistle salute you in the Lord so Tertius is the actual individual whose hand is writing this epistle you have Paul dictating to Tertius but you have Paul rece receiving these things from the Lord Jesus Christ so you have the Godhead giving Paul the information Paul speaking it and Tertius recording it and then you have the word of God being transmitted and given unto these assemblies. This is why there could have been that confusion because, well, if Paul has different people writing, then, well, this could be, you know, even though it looks a little different than the last one that we received, well, you know, Paul just probably had somebody different writing for him this time. They did not rely on those who had that gift of prophecy because the individuals who had that gift would be able to take any letter that was being written to them by Paul and would be able by using the gift to say, this is the word of God, or this is not the word of God. You know, it's a big reason why we don't need a gift of prophecy today, because 
we already have a completed word of God. You know, we don't have to worry about the thing of that we're somehow missing something inside of God's word because we know that we already have a completed word of God. Paul identifies those given unto him to fulfill or complete the word of God. So the 66 books that we have from Genesis through Revelation are a completed word of God. Now let's go over into the book of Colossians. Let's go to Colossians chapter number 4. And we're going to read here towards the end of this epistle here. And we're going to read here in Colossians chapter number 4, verse number 16, where it says, And when this epistle is read among you, cause that it be read also in the church of the Laodiceans, and that ye likewise read the epistle from Laodicea. So, Paul, as he's finishing up this epistle, saying, I need you to make sure that those saints who are in Laodicea actually hear this epistle. So, go take it unto them and make sure that they're hearing this. And not only that, but I need you to make sure that you're reading the epistle from Laodicea. Now, the interesting thing when people say, well, what is that epistle? And then they start trying to, you know, come up with you know things and go well that's the the epistle that was written unto the assembly in Ephesus or and they start trying to guess at what was actually being told unto them that they needed to read. Now the reality of things, you know, it doesn't really matter what that is what matters is the fact that we have a very much a completed word of God. We have the information that we are supposed to be taking in, applying to our lives. That thing of where Paul calls himself a pattern. When he says to follow me as I followed Christ. You know, those things that say, okay, here's what it is that we're supposed to be doing. That's why we have the instruction that's been given to us. And let's go over to 2 Timothy chapter number 2 here. And in 2 Timothy chapter number 2, we're going to read verse number 15, which says, Study the shoe thyself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. That we're to be taking the word of God in and taking it in in a manner set way, and it's called studying. Now, it's important to read, and I'm going to say, you know, Paul says, you know, 
in his epistle, you'll give attendance unto reading. So, you know, it is important to read, but there also is this step of where Paul is saying here to study. You know, and a person studies by comparing scripture with scripture. This is done, you know, really needs to be done on a daily basis. You know, this is how we're going to be approved unto God. This is what's going to build the gold, silver, and precious stones that will be there at the judgment seat of Christ. You know, Paul identifies this idea as that word being a workman means that there's going to have to be some work and effort that's being put into this idea of studying, you know, which is something that, unfortunately, so many individuals who are part of the body of Christ struggle with that idea of the fact of that they need to study because you know they want to have individuals do the work for themselves you know so they just you know well I'll read a book about the Bible so I'm not even going to read the Bible I'm just going to you know well I'll read somebody's commentary on it and then that will that will be the studying with it and it's like well no there's you know while that can help with that, you know, you still have to study. You still have to take in what the Word of God actually says. And when you're taking that Word in and you're studying it, it can start to be applied to your life. And then you end up with having this thing of where when Paul is saying, for example, about the fact of I don't need to write unto you because they were applying the things of the word. In fact, that's why you see how earlier in that same epistle, let's go over to 1 Thessalonians chapter number 2, to where we're going to read something that he says about the things of who they were and how it was that they were living when he says here in chapter 2 verse 13 for this cause also thank we God without ceasing because when ye received the word of God which ye heard of us ye received it not as the word of man but as it is in truth the word of God which effectually worketh also in you that believe so here they were taking what had been given unto them by Paul. They were taking this information. They were accepting it as that this truly is the word of God. And because we know that this is the word of God, they were truly then allowing it to actually have an impact on who they are. Because it's only the Word of God which can actually produce 
an impact or produce a change in an individual. There is nothing else that can actually do that. And what we're going to do next time is we're going to talk a little bit about that aspect of how it is that the Word of God actually produces that change and why it is with the fact that they had that it had had that impact and meant that Paul didn't have to write unto them because they already had all of those things going on and those changes actually had already occurred. Now, as we close here, I'd like to remind everyone of our website, which is www.gracefamilybiblechurch.org. And on our website, we have a number of study articles. We have some charts to help you in your study of the Word of God. We have some audio files of previous messages. We have information about how to join our Sunday service and Wednesday night Bible study as they're being broadcast live on Facebook. And as always, if you have any comments, questions, about anything on our website, anything on our broadcast, we would love to hear from each and every one of you. And until next time, keep fighting that good fight of faith, preaching that message to the lost and dying world.